Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Austin. And I'm Alicia. And we are the Darrows. This is the Darrows podcast where we help families navigate scripture to live godly lives by discussing all things family and faith unfiltered. In this episode, we talked about the Old Covenant and its importance to us now. All right. Today, we're back to talking about what we're drinking. And it is seemingly irregular on the podcast. Part of that reason is because it's cheap and it's great. Simply said, what are we drinking tonight, babe? We are drinking St. Augustine's Vinter's Red. Vinter's Red. St. Augustine. Yes. And flavor-wise, it is pretty sweet, especially for a red wine. Um, I would say it's kind of like it's kind of like if you took grape juice and you added like a little bit of alcohol to it. Sure. Yeah. It's tasty. Yeah. So very good. Pick yourself up some from Publix, Walmart, St. Augustine Winery. St. Augustine Winery. If you're gonna stop in, you know, it's a good place to go. Shout out to them and uh, drink locally, my friends. Uh, but yeah let's go ahead and jump into it all right so today we are talking about the old covenant and it's important to us now and um i'm going to start talking just from the very beginning and and how god created the world and what how we started and so god created the earth perfectly he created adam and eve to have a perfect relationship with him and he created Adam and Eve to have dominion over the earth and to steward all the resources given to them. He called them to be fruitful and to multiply. And you can see this happening in Genesis 1, 27 through 31. I'm not going to read it because we have a lot of things to go, to go through today. So just, you know, look up these references if you would like to. God said that they could eat anything in the garden except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, Adam and Eve chose to sin they chose to disobey god and they ate from this tree and you can see that happening in genesis 3 6 or 7 and when they did this this allowed sin to enter into the whole world and it broke the relationship between humanity and god and you can see that in genesis 3 14 through 19 and now god did not want this relationship to be broken forever so he created a redemption plan starting with the covenants in the Old Testament, and this is what we're going to be talking about today. And so for those of you who have heard about the Old Covenant, you may only think about the law and the promise given to Moses, which we will definitely be talking about today, but there are a few other covenants in the Old Testament that are important that we want to bring up as well. Before we get into the covenants of the Old Testament, what is a covenant? A covenant is an unbreakable promise made between two parties. God, after the fall, creates partnerships with his chosen people throughout the Old Testament, which we will call, which we do call covenant relationships. In these partnerships, God makes a promise in expectation for the other party to keep commitments that he calls them to. Ultimately, God uses these covenants to renew his relationship with all people. After the fall, like we just discussed in Genesis, all people become very became very sinful. They rebelled against God. This made God very upset and he decided to destroy the earth. In Genesis chapter six, verses five to seven says, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So, The Lord said, 
I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Very powerful. Verse 8 says, Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Because of this, God made a covenant with Noah and chose him and his family to preserve the earth. He asked Noah to build an ark, Genesis 6.14, and load it with his family and two of all animals, which is in Genesis uh, 6, 18 to 21. Once this was done, God flooded the earth, destroying everything outside of the ark, which is in uh, Genesis 7, 11 to 16. And again, like we said, I'm reading off a lot of scripture here. We have all of the uh, scripture uh, listed in the show notes. So please go and check this out. Um, pause it if you need to, to go read what we're talking about, but we got a lot to get into. So, um, and once the earth dried up, which is in Genesis 8, 13 through 19. God sent a rainbow to show his promise that he would not destroy the earth in this manner again. Genesis 9, 18 to 17 says, uh, sorry, 8 to 17, not 18 to 17. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I've set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Um, and there's also a cross reference to chapter eight, uh, verses 20 to 22, where he talks about the covenant um, as well. Um, but as the earth began to repopulate, the people rebelled against God again you will see this pattern all throughout humanity, but uh, God shows his faithfulness, mercy, love, and grace, and the people rebel and sin against God again. A few generations later, God made a covenant with Abraham, and you can see this in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, which says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you. I will curse, and in, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You can also see this referenced in Genesis 15. And so verse 2 here talks about making Abram a great nation. And the nation that he's talking about here is the nation of Israel. Abraham's son, Isaac, was the father of Jacob, who became Israel. And Israel was the father of the 12 sons that made up the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, the nation of Israel was enslaved by Egypt, and God chose Moses to lead 
Israel out of Egypt. Now we'll get into the covenant made with Moses and the law given through him. God called to Moses out of the burning bush, and he said this in Exodus 3.10, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people and sorry, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So what is the covenant that that God made with Moses and Israel, the nation of Israel? Remember, like we said in the beginning, a covenant is a promise of God with a commitment from his people. So what do we see as the promise of God made to Moses? We see this discussed in Exodus uh, 23 verses 20 to 33, but we're going to just quote here uh, verses 25 to 31, which says, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water and I will take sickness away from you, um, away from among you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you and will uh, and will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become de- desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and in pos- possesses the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. What commitment did God's people have to make with this promise? They had to follow the law that was given to Moses that you see in Exodus 20, uh, chapters 20 to 23, and throughout Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. We'll not be reading through all of this today because that, that's just a lot, but please feel free to go back and read through at least Exodus chapter 20 through chapter 23 in order to get an idea of what um specific law we are talking about or the laws that we were talking about here. Yeah. And so like Austin was just saying, God made these promises to Israel and the response that Israel had to to give was to follow these laws. And like we said, we're not going to read all of the laws because there are a lot. Um, Some would say the number of laws is around 613. Um, it's not an exact number because not necessarily all the laws were actually written down. But we also want to mention what was the purpose of the law given to Moses for God's people? Now, one purpose of the law is to set the people of Israel apart from the rest of the world. Leviticus 20 verse 26 says, You shall be holy to me, for I the Lord am holy and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. In Deuteronomy 26, 18 through 19 says, And the Lord has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possession. And he has promised you, sorry, as he has promised you, and that you are to keep all his commandments and that he will set you in praise and in frame and in honor high above all the nations that he has made and that you shall be a people holy or set apart to the Lord your God as he promised. 
Now, the law of God was often countercultural. So as Israel acted out this law, it showed the nations around them that they were a different people. They were different people set apart, called by God. And for example, one of those laws that the Israelites um, had to follow was that they could not wear clothes with mixed fabric. That um, is referenced in Leviticus 19.19. So just imagine, you know, everyone else is wearing mixed garments with like cotton and polyester. But the Israelites couldn't do that. And so that was one way that actually set them apart from other nations. Now, another purpose of the law was to reveal what sin is. Romans 3, 19 through 20 says, We know that everything in the law was written for those who are under its power. The law says these things to stop anyone from making excuses and to let God show that the whole world is guilty. God does not accept people simply because they obey the law. No, indeed, all the law does is to point out our sin. So the only way that we can see how broken our relationship with God is and how far from God we are is by revealing to us our sin and how wicked we truly are. He does this through the law given to Moses because as sinful creatures, we are unable to fully keep his law. The law also shows that the need um, shows us the need for a sacrifice for sin. In order to atone, uh, which is to pay the price uh, for the sins, uh, they commit a sacrifice. They committed a sacrifice um, that had to be made. Uh, Leviticus chapters uh, one to seven gives the rules about sacrifice. Numbers 15 also talks about sacrifices. And here is one example in verses 24 to 26. If all of you disobey one of my laws without meaning to, you must offer a bull as a sacrifice to please me, together with a grain sacrifice, a wine offering, and a goat as a sacrifice for sin. Then the priest will pray and ask me to forgive you. And since you did not mean to do wrong, and you offered sacrifices, the sin of everyone, both Israelites and foreigners among you, will be forgiven. God Question states, it well in this article called why did the sacrificial system require a blood sacrifice saying that making atonement is satisfying someone or something for an offense committed now leviticus 17:11 says for the life of the flesh is in the blood and i have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life god has chosen the covering of our sin the atonement, to be the blood of the sacrifice given for sin, in that the ones who are covered by the sacrifice are free from the consequence of sin. We also can see now that the blood sacrifice was ultimately a foreshadowing of the future sacrifice of Christ on the cross, which would be the final once for all time. This is a reminder to the Israelites that without the blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. The shedding of blood is is a substitutionary act. So why is this important? Why do we need to know this? You know, why are we even talking about the Old Testament and the Old Covenant? You know, God called Israel his set-apart people. He uses this small group of people to display his faithfulness, his character, and his grace to the rest of the world. As God made this covenant with Israel and used the law to show his expectation for holiness and in the people's inability to fulfill this requirement, they realize their need for a savior. We can also now look as that example and see that people have not changed. 
We are utterly sinful and need a savior to change our hearts in order to be holy as God is holy and to have the perfect relationship with him as he designed it in Genesis. The law and constant breaking of the law shows that it is necessary for there to be a sacrifice for atonement. It also shows that people will continue to sin because their hearts are utterly wicked and earthly sacrifices are not sufficient to pay the price of all sin. Therefore, again, we are in need of a savior that will change the hearts of man. So why is this important for your family? I think this is an important question that we want to be sure to ask in every episode. Um, in, in the coming weeks, we will discuss how things are different now under the new covenant and how we have Christ as our savior. But I think it is important to understand the old covenant so that we can really see how holy God is in the holiness he calls us to live in. However, he also knows that we are not holy and cannot be righteous by our own doing. Yet because he loves us so much and, and so desires unity with us, again, as we were created, he, remain, he remains faithful and forgives us over and over and over, and I can go on forever again. <laughs> the, old, um, the Old Testament uh, consistently or constantly reveals God's faithfulness and the new covenant reveals that more reveals this more when he sends Christ. Husbands and fathers, I encourage you and I challenge you to lead your family into scripture this week and show them the love and freedom of Christ through the redemption he brought his people who we have now been grafted into by the blood of Christ. And wives, mothers, I challenge you to share this with your family so that they can be reminded that God remains faithful and that he always provides a way for redemption. Remind them that he wants to be in relationship with them and he loves them. Pray for your family that they would continue to know God's faithfulness and love for them. I, I do want to just kind of jump in here too. Like just, I think this is important because the whole point of our podcast is like, I mean, we talk into some in-depth conversation or in-depth uh, discussions about like, I mean, this is a, this is something that you're not going to get, you know, on a Sunday morning sermon necessarily, at least on this level, probably yeah. because, um, it's just a lot of information, but mm-hmm. our goal in this and our goal with this whole season, especially is that, uh, we really want to show the freedom, right? We want to know, yeah. we want to know what it's like and what it means to be free. Um, and I think that's so essential to the family unit because only through our freedom are we able to love our families well, to um, live out um, a, a healthy and holy family unit that God has called us to. Like um, if you listen back to um, our marriage podcast and, and listen about all of the stuff we're called to as married couples um, and some of that, even in our parenting, which um, maybe down the road, we'll, we'll talk more about um, some parenting stuff specifically. But when you, when you listen to that and you see all of the things laid out. If you read the the book, uh, Meaning of Marriage, you see all the things uh, laid out there. It's none of those are accomplishable without this once for all sacrifice through Christ. Um, and that's why this information is so important because it's like without, um, without all of these old covenants, without 
God leading his people over and over and over again. Um, and then really through, you know, the line of Abraham, the line of, uh, of Moses, and then of David on to Jesus, only through that are we able to have the forgiveness that we have. And even like us, like we, at least as far as I am able to know, I don't have Jewish Jewish descent. Right. Um, yeah, I and don't, I don't think, think I do. think you do either. either. Um, and so that means that, I mean, it's only through Christ that we even have the ability um, to to even be speaking on these things and, you know, and, and have this knowledge. So I just think it's really important. Yeah, I think you're right. And of course, you know, next week we will be talking about the new covenant and Christ's significance. Um, we'll really be discussing more of what Christ's sacrifice was. And we'll be talking about how the new covenant changes things for us, as we briefly mentioned here. But as you're walking away from this, from this week as you're hearing this just the main point is that god remained faithful to his promises even when the people broke their commitments to him absolutely he showed his love and he showed his grace his guidance and his provision in redemption over and over and over and over again until that final sacrifice was offered and that sacrifice still um, sustains us today. And that's really what we're going to get into next week. We want to also remind you that we can only speak on these things because of the grace of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. We are not perfect in ourselves, but we are made new creations through him. And this is how we are able to live out his calling on our lives. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes or our website, wearethedarrows.com. And if you like what you heard, click to subscribe and follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts, in Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support us, consider buying us a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram, wearethedarrows, for updates and encouragement. If you have any questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to talk about, please leave us a voicemail or a text message at 407-476-3434. That'll be in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening to the Darrow's podcast. Catch you in the next episode where we'll discuss the new covenant and more specifically breaking down an amazing passage that I just, we have to dedicate an entire episode to it because it's so good. Um, Hebrews 9. So read up and we will see you next week. See ya.